Hello, this is Danny Ryan, and welcome to the Three Well Podcast. Uh, as uh, pick, picking up with my conversation that I had uh, with Tommy, our topics are going to be on people, process, and technology. Uh, this uh, specific episode, we're going to focus in on a certain person, and that person is Lane Goolsby. Lane, thanks for joining me. How you doing? Doing great, doing great. This one will. Um, we're going to cover a couple of different topics. One sort of picking back up with uh, some personal stuff, if you don't mind. <laughs> Not at all. And then I just did maybe a quick overview of uh, some of the stuff you've been working on project-wise and some of the things that you've been learning recently. So we'll call this one Catching Up with Lane. I'm sure the world is thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> Angela can listen to it and say, oh, what's what's he been up to? Or <laughs> Well, let's just get this kicked off. I know um, you had mentioned that you're starting to do some stuff with 3D printing. So with 3D printing, so what's uh, to give me a little bit of backstory on that? What's uh, how did you get into that? Where are you right now? What's your what are you doing with 3D printing? So the 3D printing story started off with uh, me coming outside one evening and, and catching somebody trying to break into my wife's truck. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm a bit of a paranoid kind of guy. So the idea of having a third party uh, home monitoring alarm system just doesn't do a whole lot for me. So um, I decided that I was going to roll my own. So I went off and picked up a couple Raspberry Pis with some no infrared filtered cameras and Bluetooth dongles and Wi-Fi adapters and things like that. And I've built this up with a Linux machine that's running Mosquito and some other cool little technologies. So uh, these Raspberry Pis, when they're sitting and powered on, they're using motion detection to detect when anything's going on in the house or outside the house eventually. And they're recording and sending things to the uh, the Linux NAS server, and the NAS server is either just keeping the logs locally or if we're not home, it's shipping those out to Dropbox or some equivalent uh, uh, cloud-based service. I haven't quite decided on which one yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got into the 3D printing because I was looking for enclosures for these Raspberry Pis, and most of the enclosures I was finding had uh, open ports for the GPIO sockets and the HDMI cards and things like that. They're not really conducive to being outside in the elements. Okay. And I got to looking at what it would take to just make my own 3D printed enclosure that met the specifications that I wanted. And I found ways to design it and things like that and then sent it out to third parties for printing. And then I got to looking at the cost and it was about a hundred dollars more expensive just to buy my own 3d printer. And then I have my own printer. Mm -hmm. And then it's like when you go into the car dealership, I walk in looking at the base model civic and the next thing I know I'm walking out with a high end Acura, which is pretty much what I did. But um, (laughs) You fell to the upsell. Yes. I I managed to reel it back a little bit. I didn't quite go for the the $9,000 filament uh, based on the based off of UV light. I can just see you talking to Angela. Angela, it's for your safety, sweetheart. I'm doing this for you. This is how much I love you. You you can never argue Investing in your safety. you what could I'm never doing. argue against safety. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to keep your wife safe. Exactly. I love it. I love it. You must love her a lot. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so you ended up with, I guess, the higher end, not the highest end. Yeah, the it's a higher it's, end model. It's a MakerBot clone. Uh, okay. The MakerBot, you know, everybody knows MakerBot. Um, it's into the 3D printing. They're kind of like the, I don't want to quite say the highest end, but okay. they're, they're pretty high up there. Um, but all of their hardware and software, for the most part, is open sourced. So mm-hmm. they open up for other people to do cloning off of them. And this is the one I've got. It's basically a MakerBot clone. 
cap. It's from a company called Flashforge, and I've been really happy with the printer so far. I'm only about a week into it so far, and most of the stuff that I've been printing has actually been things for the printer itself. But yeah, I was um, saying, how meta? Exactly, it's, it's quite meta. Um, just little things that make it just print a little bit better. Um, but I have done a couple of fairly complicated prints. We did like an articulated robot that the first time we tried it didn't quite work out so well. And we've my wife and I have affectionately named him Slumpy. I've he, seen pictures of Slumpy, and Slumpy does slump. Yes, he, he's a, he's a little special, but um, he's he's worked worked his way into our hearts. <laughs> As far as a piece of ABS plastic can. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. That's such a heartwarming story about a piece of plastic. And, and on a cold day with snow, it's a, it's good to have heartwarming stories, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know you guys can't, can't see this, but it's snowing outside. And I guess in Atlanta, Georgia, that's a big deal. They haven't shut down everything yet. But Not yet. But it's, the day's oh, early. Sure. Yeah, the day is early. So who knows what's going to happen from here. So sorry, continue on with your story. So that's kind of where I am. Like I said, I'm only about a week into it right now. But yeah. I think this is one of those, you know, you've heard about 3D printing for a while now and, and a lot of people talked about as the new wave and mm-hmm. how everything you know is going to come to a point where instead of going to the store to buy something, you're going to just download a file and send mm-hmm. it to your printer and it's going to just print it right there. I don't think the technology is quite there yet. Okay. Um, I think it's I don't, the technology itself is, is pretty good. I've been impressed with by how well it actually works right off the right out of the box. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a matter of just finding ways to get the filaments, you know, the They've got filaments that have embedded stainless steel and, and wow. bronze and wood and even even filaments that are like soft rubber. So you okay. can take it and then I've seen guys take them and you know, squish them between their hands. So their hands are completely flat and then open it back up and the thing just pops back into the same shape it cool. was. It's really cool, but it's still, I don't want to say it's in its infancy. It's far from its infancy, but it's definitely not quite prime time just yet but it's as the filaments start to mature and they start to get more productive or uh, versatile Uh absolutely i think it's going to be really slick what they can do with these someday and you haven't used it for your home brewing not yet i I, I guess see any places where it would help i guess maybe spare parts or oh absolutely um things like uh clips for holding hoses in place Uh or uh, mounting like sparge arms and things like that absolutely i could use it uh the abs has a fairly high temperature range but i don't know if how well it's going to work standing over side of a boiling pot Mm -hmm. um when you're extruding the the filaments the abs plastic you're extruding it somewhere around 230 degrees celsius so Mm -hmm. it's twice the boiling point um but I'm sure if I, it sat over something hot enough, long enough, it would probably start to be more slumpy. Than well, maybe slumpy <laughs> can keep your beer cool or something. You could think of some, like a little larger slumpy with his arms around in a hug, and it could hug your beer. There you go. There you go. I can make keep... a little koozie out of it. <laughs> the slumpy koozie. That <laughs> yeah, works. That works. Very cool. Well, that's... Uh... And you said you don't have any updates. You haven't had these. You've been working on the uh, 3D printer, nothing with the home brewing stuff recently. Yeah, the 3D printer's kind of squirreled me away from the home brewing for now. Yeah. Like, nice. I guess I'm now 12 weeks away from being complete. So, <laughs> Very nice. So give me an update. We'll sort of switch over from the... The fun stuff to the not so fun stuff. No, to the the uh, project wise. What have you been working on recently? What's 
So I guess it's been keeping you up at night yeah, <laughs> recently. Recently, to, yeah. Just at a, at a high level. What's what have you what you what have you learned recently? Some of the things that you're up to. So the project I've been working on recently, uh, company engaged us to uh, take a product that they had been developing in SharePoint and find a way to package it so that it would be deployable in customer environments with the intention of using it like a product. Where okay. It, download something or get a CD from a company, click install and follow the bouncing ball. And then it's, you got this product installed in SharePoint. And I think one of the challenges that we've been facing with that is, and we've all felt trapped to this. Every SharePoint developer has fallen trapped to this at some point in their, in their career, if they've done it long enough of, you've got this rapid prototyping and rapid development model using SharePoint designer and and tools like that. Mm -hmm. But then whenever it comes time to take it from, a lower environment, like a development environment or a QA environment, and then trying to get that pushed through either just a company's, you know, four-stage environment of development, uh, staging, QA, production, Mm -hmm. or like in the more complicated scenario, like with this customer of going through not only the the lower stage environments to the point of getting to production, but also then having to deploy it in all the different customer environments. Uh, That opens up for a lot of really unique challenges you've got to have a good solid process in place of doing the day-to-day development and then getting that into some kind of a uh, environment where there's a, a source safe control or TFS source control or uh-huh. GitHub or whatever the case may be, whatever your, your flavor of, of source control is and getting that into a state from having it in that uh, source controlled, audited, reputable environment yeah. and then getting it from there through the stages of uh, testing and, and unit testing and whatnot. And then getting into also having it to a stage where you can deploy in customer environments, which are completely different from what your local mm-hmm. environments are going to be. You can just count on that. You know, you've got this particular service pack with this particular cumulative update on your SharePoint farms. And then you get to a customer environment and they may have something that's drastically older or drastically newer. And that causes additional issues, causes heartburn. These are talking about throwing into cloud environments like uh, Office 365 mm-hmm. or one of the many uh, other third-party hosting environments. Like uh, I'm not going to name names, but they're using a, a cloud-based services that uh, specifies predominantly in Project Server, which okay. is based on SharePoint, and it does uh, work. But it opens up unique challenges with trying to get that applied into the Project Server environment and on top of the SharePoint stuff. So, and how does it work? Like. Um because a lot of people are, you know, are using uh, a JavaScript frameworks and different versions of frameworks. It seems like it could really get there could be some overlap in in what you're using. Oh, absolutely! It seems like it could be a, end up being just a real mess. And this particular one, uh, it has five different components. Okay. Uh, Three of those components have a little over. Uh, I think there are a little over thirteen hundred files each. Wow. Um, they're like JavaScript frameworks or uh, JavaScript files. Uh, and they're, they're mostly using Angular. Okay. But it's uh, plugins for Angular doing uh, different things like handling file uploads, like Word documents and Excel documents. Uh-huh. It's a really complicated application. And the little bit I've played with it, I've actually been really impressed with the tool. It's really quite cool. Uh-huh. Um, having spent a fair amount of time around here being the, the, the Angular advocate, I guess, um, they've done mm-hmm. some really slick stuff with that. But uh, last time I looked, which was yesterday, uh, grand total, the entire deployment folder, including the installers and all the uh, everything else, uh, we're looking at a little over 4,600 files. I think it was 4,602 files. Wow. 
the we're using the Office Dev PNP provisioning engine for the uh, bulk of the the provisioning work. The template file that has all five different site templates in it has uh, just under sixty five thousand lines of XML. Okay, so it is massive. <laughs> it is huge, and trying to keep all of that straight and trying to keep all of that in line and in the proper paths and everything else by hand is it's a superhuman task. I mean, that there's no way a single person or a team of people can keep all of that straight on a day-to-day basis. And that's why having, uh, and this kind of goes to the people process technology, you can have all the technology that you want, but if you don't have a good process in place, you're going to have a lot of heartburn and you're going to have to buy stock in, t- in Tylenol because you're going to need <laughs> a lot of aspirin. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the, the situation that this customer was in. They've got this, this big, massive uh, application that's, it's well contained, but it, within its container, it's got a fair amount of sprawl to it, and mm-hmm. it's got a lot of one-off cases, and it's been a challenge to try to get the a process defined around it that's conducive to day-to-day development using SharePoint Designer or whatever tool that they're actually using, and then trying to get all of that integrated into a pattern that's repeatable and follows patterns and practices mm-hmm. within the SharePoint world because we all know SharePoint's got its idiosyncrasies. And a lot of these guys on these teams are pure web developers. So some of them have only seen SharePoint. This is the first time they've used SharePoint. Yeah. And that's been a challenge as well as trying to get them to understand that when you work in the SharePoint world, for the most part, it's translatable, but there are definitely idiosyncrasies that do not translate to the standard web development world at all. And it's been eye-opening I think for some of them just how the the SharePoint world is unique and works is this your first experience with the first experience with the PMP stuff or is this bad host bad host now watch this all of them you gotta listen to that everybody's going like what is that okay cut alright I'm gonna slap my hand should have turned that off so okay. no, this what is, we're saying is it a first experience with PNP. Uh, this is my second uh, in-depth experience with PNP. Okay. And uh, I think I've probably pushed it to the boundaries <laughs> of what it can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you have seen the cliffs of the I, PNP. I have seen the cliffs, and I've actually had to scale a couple of them and fix them. Uh-huh. There's a couple of minor commits that I made out on the GitHub project to fix okay. some of the bugs that I found. Um, Giving back. Yeah, sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Um, So it's been, you know, like I said, it's a 65,000 line XML file that's the template. It's got a ton of stuff in there. Uh And for the most part, it's just files that we're uploading in there, but we're doing other things with uh, page layouts. We're doing other things with uh, activating features. One of the the sites uses the publishing feature, and that's proved to be a bit problematic uh, Mm -hmm. because the PNP engine doesn't support publishing pages. At least not the version that I have. I've seen the, that it is coming. I've seen. I've been watching the GitHub uh, repository, and I've seen that some of the work has been done on that within the last couple of weeks. Okay. But, um, it wasn't quite there yet, and since I'm still using a forked version of the the core because of those bugs that I fixed, I haven't had a chance to go back and get it back onto the new Git 
uh, laid a stable yet. Uh, my bugs have been rolled into the main branch, so I've, I could if I had, had time. If you, <laughs> if you weren't doing podcasts with me, you would have plenty of time to do it. <laughs> if I wasn't doing podcasts and, and naming malformed pieces of ABS plastic. <laughs> yes, that, that's also something else slowing you down. And, I, and hopefully the weather won't slow you down today either. You might hopefully be stuck not. in some place. Luckily, I'm in a hotel room that's about a block from here, so... And I've, uh, I've got four-wheel drive now, so I'm, I'm, I should be okay. You should be just fine. <laughs> just fine. After making it through a Michigan blizzard a couple of months back, I think I can handle this. <laughs> well, I'll stop slowing you down now, and you, uh, I appreciate you taking the time just to share what's going on. It's always interesting to find out uh, what your latest uh, ex- explorations are into. <laughs> and and uh, we'll see what's next. Sounds good. We'll see what's next. You almost have to have a... This is our quarterly update of what Lane is into. (laughs) (laughs) What's he got his hands into? uh, What what kind of squirrel is Lane chasing the tree now? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and you have to send me your... uh, The the picture of... What is this? Squishy? Slumpy. 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 (laughs) You'll have to send me the picture of Slumpy, and I'll put it up on the blog, and so people can actually see a picture of Slumpy. Well, that's it for now. I'm done slowing the man down. Um, folks want to come to threewheel.com. Uh, we'll have the, the full transcript and some show notes and pictures of Slumby. <laughs> <laughs> Drop by there. Um, and thank you, everyone. for Thank you, Lane, for taking the time to do this. You're welcome. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.